Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. I'm already winded, so I'm gonna we're gonna pull the curtain back just because that's what we do on the show. We hit the live button, not eight o'clock. We hit the live button, and we went through the whole intro. We went through the everything. We went through everything. The AJ introduction, everything, only to realize that we weren't live. So, like, excuse me, pardon me (laughs) if my what's up, everybody, was a little bit lackluster. But welcome into the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined by your boy, and I won't be lackluster on this one. He is the reigning, the defending, undisputed, somewhat heavyweight valedictorian of the show, AJ Johnson. Bruce Buffer, I'm coming for you. I feel you though. I, I even I was like, I was probably at like a seven there. You know, the first go round, we both hit a ten without question. Yeah, yeah. It takes a lot yeah. to get right back there. You know. Yeah, that was uh, that was tough. <laughs> it's tough. It was a tough okay. go. It's okay. it a tough go. But uh, we've got a great show ahead of us to pick us up, pick ourselves back up. The draft yes. has come and gone. What a weekend! What a past three days it was. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday covering the draft and going through everything and, oh. Uh, Good times. Good times. A lot of work. It was. A lot of effort went into it. It's over with now. And the only thing to do now is to recap it and cover everything <laughs> that happened and give you our reactions and give you our takes and give you our thoughts. We're not just doing it in one show. We're not just doing it in two shows. We got eight shows. We got eight shows coming up just for you guys covering, recapping the draft. But no, it's not as simple as that, AJ. It's not no. as simple as that. No. Because no. we got four live shows. Ooh. And we got four days worth of content only on YouTube that's going to be out for everybody. Smooth. So if you are used to watching this show live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, maybe it's on YouTube. Maybe it's on Facebook. Maybe it's on Belly Up Sports TV. Maybe it's on Twitter. However you watch us normally, you might not get some of these shows because the happening is on YouTube. We are going to be releasing exclusive content, exclusive draft recap uh, for specific divisions on our YouTube page. So be sure that you are subscribed. Be sure you're locked in. You got your reminders on the bell. Ding, ding, ring that bell. Like AJ says, turn, hit the, hit the bell. Ding. When it turns to a D, you know, you done did, did it. Man, man, I'm feeling good. Feeling good. You done uh, did, but tonight, done it. We will be recapping the AFC West portion of the NFL draft. Uh, we got the Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, Broncos on the dock today. Asia, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. As good as you can feel on a Monday. You know, it takes a while. It takes till about 7.30 on a Monday for me to feel good about the day. So, you know, this show is my bright spot. I'm glad I'm back on Mondays and got the consistent streak going, you know, show after show. I'm back, baby. It's good. It's good. I'm excited. And it's good to ha- it's good to have you back. It's good to have you Thanks, back, man. Thanks. Man. I-, I did miss I you. Try. I did miss you, buddy. I tried. Did miss you. I tried. Is uh, but- <laughs> is Joey B correct? Are you faking your love for the NFL right now? Seeing as how the NHL is buzzing. Uh, what was this? Con- uh, let me see here. Uh, yeah, I uh, yeah, yeah, kinda. <laughs> I'm not faking my love for the NFL. Uh, I'm just. I'm ready for the playoffs. Okay. I, I, you and I both actually have the lightning Maple Leafs game on, on our TVs behind everything, but 
the Rangers have made the playoffs for the first time in 15 in, in five years. I said 15. The Rangers <laughs> have made the playoffs for the first time in five years. So it is Rangers week. Uh, I told AJ this before the show. It's Rangers Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'll wear my Ranger gear. You'll probably see me have my jersey on Wednesday. If they pull out the dub, score Toronto. One nip Toronto. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing for, for my Rangers. I'm buzzing for the playoffs. But we are not here to talk hockey. We are not here to talk baseball. We're not here to talk basketball. We are here to talk football. And there was a major story that kicked off our day today that really shook up the world. DeAndre Hopkins, star wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, has been suspended six games for violating the NFL uh, substance. What, what is it called? The substance. Uh, what's, what's the, the word I'm looking for, AJ? Abuse. Help me out here. Substance abuse, that's it. Yeah, there it is. Performance enhancing drug policy. That's the one he Six got. Six game PED suspension. Policy. Yes. yes. That'll, that'll have the Arizona Cardinals without their star wide receiver for six games. And now DeAndre Hopkins also loses up to five, around $5 million. This is a big time loss for the Arizona Cardinals. So this is not just some Joe Schmo that they're losing. This is not some Joey B that they're losing. This is DeAndre Hopkins that they're losing. DeAndre. What are your thoughts, AJ? Well, I guess we get some clarity on to what went into the Marquise uh, Hollywood Brown trade now a little bit. You know, uh, they are, the Arizona Cardinals knew this was coming down the pipe, and uh, they went ahead and made a move for a receiver that was looking to start fresh. And now they lose Hollywood or they lose Nuke for six games. And as you heard, he gave away his, uh, his appeal. He decided to pull, withdraw his appeal so that the suspension will stand, which is saying either – Either he knows it's pointless to appeal or maybe he found something during his rehab that was in one of the medicines or so on and so forth that he took is probably on that list. That's what seems to keep happening. seems like these guys either don't know what's going into their body, which sounds absurd to me to say because they're professional athletes and their body is literally their moneymaker, or two, they are trusting their trainers and their trainers are not doing right by them. Um, you know, that's just two of the speculations. There could obviously be many more things out there. It's very hard for me to say that one of the best wide receivers in the game thought he needed PEDs all willy-nilly. So I don't think I'm going to go that route. Um, so he's going to be out six games. And you know what? Honestly, the way he plays football and what he's been able to do with Kyler Murray in his two or three seasons in Arizona, I this is it sounds absurd to say this as well, but I kind of like it. He's going to be able to get He's going to be able to get uh, – Kyler Murray's going to be able to get used to Marquise Brown. He's going to get used to A.J. Green back on the field, these new tight ends that they're establishing. He's going to get some chemistry with these guys. And when Nuke gets back, yeah, it may take a game, but that's the type of guy who he runs his routes clean. He catches the ball 99.9% of the time. Yeah, so I don't think it's too much to worry about. I think, you know, I'm, I'm kind of with you here. that it, Not that this is a blessing in disguise for Arizona, right. but you also have – you also have him missing six games at six games off the body. You know, that's, that's yeah. six games off the body. And then you also have those six games where uh, not Christian Kirk, uh, Hollywood Brown is your number one wide receiver for you to be able to get re reacclimated for Kyler Murray yeah. and Hollywood Brown. I think this could end up being good. The only problem I think that, that we see here is that this NFC West is tough. Yeah. You can't, you can't, uh, you, you can't uh, lose, lose games. You can't, it's harder to make up these games. If you fall behind San Francisco's good. Uh, the Rams are obviously the defending Super Bowl champions. Seattle's a thing, but not really a thing, <laughs> no, but you're battling San Francisco. You're <laughs> battling You're battling uh, the Rams. It's like, you do not have time to lose. Yeah. So that is going to be the biggest challenge for the Arizona Cardinals. Now without Deandre Hopkins, there was another, Big time story that hit our news waves this morning. The Honey Badger has finally found his home, really back at home with the New Orleans Saints, where he played his college ball for the LSU Tigers. They have signed Tyron Matthew, the safety who formerly was with the Kansas City Chiefs, to a three-year, $33 million contract, including $18 million fully guaranteed. This deal brings the Honey Badger to New Orleans they just, they already signed Marcus May, so this is Marcus May. They have Tyron Matthew. The that defense, Peter that back Williams. end is looking very good. They don't have Marcus Williams anymore. I think Marcus Williams was no Baltimore. PJ Williams. Oh PJ, PJ Williams. Williams. That's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. It's a very um, good signing, though, right? 
It is. You know, it's funny because everyone keeps talking about you feel I felt like these last few years, the Saints were no longer in, you know, without Drew Brees, without Sean Payne. But in all actuality, they haven't fallen off too far and they've made some good signings. It's just good stock there. I mean, you get Tyron Matthew to replace um, to replace Marcus Williams. And now you put him there with Marshawn Lattimore in the backfield, in the deep in the, in the secondary, uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. It is a good secondary, especially to keep up for what hasn't been going on on that front line. So, uh, And plus, we're talking about a bona fide leader in the NFL. Anybody who ever talks about Tyron Matthew, it's about the motor. It's how he doesn't quit. It's about his IQ, his intelligence. Talk about a guy who's got 36 interceptions uh, in, his, in his entire career, including 13 in the last two seasons. So he's he's been getting better and better as a ball hawking safety. And he loves the game. So he's going to be a guy that you can you can put that defense on his back. And if your offense isn't showing up, you know it's not going to be the defense that lets you down. So great signing yeah. for them. Tough for the Chiefs. Uh, it would have been great for them to keep him while getting Trent McDuffie, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Yep. Yeah, we are talking today about the AFC West uh, in just a few moments, recapping their draft. And you just mentioned uh, Trent McDuffie heading to the Kansas City Chiefs. Do the Saints, though, do they have the best defense in the NFC South? Ooh. You put them over over the Bucks right now or no? I don't think so. I think where the Bucks are strong is where the Saints are lacking and vice versa. You know, you could have talked about the Bucks secondary a couple uh, a couple seasons ago, they've let go of some people, but I mean, they brought, they're bringing in Logan Ryan. They brought in Keanu Neal, the Bucks that is uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Has been stepping up real well. They like Jamel Dean. I think they, I think the Bucks still have them on that defense. That secondary of the saints is nothing to, to shake your head at, but we talk about the linebacking core, the front seven of this defense and, and a solid, solid secondary. I think the Bucks uh, still have the upper hand there. Agreed. Agreed. We can, my we can come in agreement. Did you see how many linebackers we drafted? Dude, yours is going to be a team of linebackers. You're going to be having a kicker roll out, and it's just a linebacker. That's what it is. It's yeah, just in case your kicker gets hurt, they're just going to throw out a linebacker to kick. That's what it is. They decide, you know what? We're going to just load up on those guys so we don't ever Smart run out drafted. of players. Good. Wow. Just incredible. <laughs> a plus. A plus. All right. That does it for our top stories. Man, Joey B is just loading up on questions for me in the chat. Yes, I'll grow Do a playoff beard. <laughs> will I st- will I stock up on Yuhu for the Rangers series? Already done. Do I pour chocolate Do milk into my cereal? Milk? No. <laughs> and uh, will I dress up in my gear for the Ranger game? No. No. Oof, not. It's too hot. It's a lot of gear. It's a lot of gear. Uh, okay. That's fair. I digress. That's fair. All right. I like hockey too. Our- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to enter AFC West draft recap in just a few moments. But AJ, you got to load up those beautiful golden pipes of yours and tell people at home where they can follow us at. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't done so yet, head on over to Sac City Pod on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, and on TikTok. I'm up to three. Count them three beautiful TikToks done by me. Hoping to get to uh, double digits by the end of the next week. Let's say by the end. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. So head over there because I'm getting better by the day. At Sac City Pod on TikTok. Let's go reverse in YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. When you're there, you might see this beautiful thing right at the top of our pages that just recaps the wonderful draft that we had, the wonderful draft coverage. We got new merchandise, ladies and gentlemen, and I know Vinny's not there, but I'm proud about it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, how dare I? He is there, because why did I doubt him? Look at that beautiful shirt. Sac City. Can we say Sac Vegas? Like, that should have been on the back. Call it Sac Vegas. That's what we talk about. Head on over to our page. Grab one of these shirts. The first official merchandise of the Sac City pod. Smooth. I can't wait to get one. Hopefully, it's on the way already. I apologize for doubting you, you wonderful producer. And you forgot one thing, though. You forgot one yeah. thing. We got yeah. a special going on on that shirt. It's not just a normal what? price. Like, we're not just charging you guys a normal price. If you use the code SACDRAFT, that's SAC as in right up here, SAC, S-A-C-K, DRAFT, D-R-A-F-T, one word, SACDRAFT, at checkout, it saves you 10% off that beautiful shirt. And I wanted to kind of touch up into that real quick, though. Ladies and gentlemen, for you guys watching the show or listening at home, we don't get paid for this show. All the hours yeah. that go into making this show possible, we don't get paid for this. Not a dime. So this shirt kind of helps us out, moves us along, gets us further along in the process. 
We don't do it for free, but we do it for the love of this. So please help support our show, buy our merchandise, support the show by sharing, following us on all those social media platforms. Love everybody in the chat. Bailey, Joey B, Kneecap Biting, Jeremy B. Let's go. Let's get into this AFC West draft recap. Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, and Broncos. Here we go. The way we're going to be doing this, these shows, these uh, this series, is we're going to go team by team. And you guys probably have already seen a bunch of people release grades, A plus, B minus, A minus, C, D, F, all that good stuff. We're not doing that here. Yeah. We're going deep. Oh. We're going oh. deep into our grading process. You're not just going to see random letters thrown out there. We have broken it down by grade point average. We we didn't stop our draft coverage yet. We're going pick by pick, or we have gone pick by pick to break that down, grade each pick by pick. And our math guru, who is not me, is not Dylan, is not AJ, Joey B. You don't have to worry about Dylan or AJ or myself worrying about the math. Aaron's got the math covered. We've got grade point averages for these one plus teams. One is 11. Bingo. Bingo. So we got grade point averages, our own grade point average, and then a whole Sac City grade point average. We're going to get to it right now. AJ, Kansas City Chiefs had a fairly good draft. Headlined by these three players, Trent McDuffie, who we mentioned earlier, George Karloftis, Sky Moore, your boy, WNBA Sky Moore. Drafted in the third round by the Chiefs. This is their big three. What is your grade point average that you gave the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, well, for me, I gave these guys a 3.11. Uh, and let me tell you, you spoke to it with those three picks right there. They started They started the season strong. Uh, when they got into this with getting Trim and Duffy and knowing their spot, knowing their draft capital, moving up eight spots with the uh, – with the Patriots to make this happen and go grab a Trent McDuffie, a guy who we were all high on, a guy that a lot of people believe could be a top 15 pick. And this is one of their best needs. We talked about Tyron Matthew leaving. Now you get a guy who can come in and, uh, you know, be a leader. And I can speak to that because this is a guy that we talk about. You look at his production. The numbers don't pop off of the screen. His stats weren't crazy, but motor, he's always around the ball. He's got IQ and he fights through every single play. So while you were losing a veteran in Tyron Matthew, you were getting a rookie that likes to do some of the same things. And then George Karloff is a guy who could have been the top 15. We were talking about him as a top five edge rusher. We, we, the, what we've said about Karloff is, is he is a guy who may not be a standout 15 sack a season type of guy, but he's a very, very, very good player on a squad for a very long time. You can see this guy bending the edge in Kansas City for eight or nine years and having solid production, the, the football version of the Greek freak. And Sky Moore could not have gone to a better spot, in my in my opinion. He's not as fast as Tyreek Hill, but I promise you the way that they will use him and his skill set that he was given at uh, Central Michigan, you were going to see – I'm sorry, Western Michigan. You were going to see a lot of that. It's going to look like Tyreek is still there. He's great at getting off press. His first steps are quick. And if he's by you, that separation is being created, and it's going to be really hard to catch him. So these first three picks were a slam dunk by the Chiefs. They are right there with the top of the top of the top of the draft. Um, 3.1 is honestly could be me a little bit higher. <laughs> it, they did. And then we saw it. We see it in the chat, too. A lot of people are giving the the uh, the Chiefs a very high grade. And that's what we want you guys to do. If you're in the chat or if you're watching at home right now in a YouTube comments or whatever it may be, give us your grade for the Kansas City Chiefs draft. I went similar to that grade. I went with a 3.0. I was a little bit lower than you on some of these grades, just because the way I looked at this, I kind of looked at the players that were around the time that these players were selected by the Kansas City Chiefs and really all these other teams. I like the draft, though, from the Kansas City Chiefs. It's very good draft. Very, very good. And you brought up three guys, Sky Moore, George Karloftis, and uh, and Trent McDuffie. All solid picks, all great picks. The player I'm most excited for to be on the Kansas City Chiefs is Leo Chanel, the linebacker out of Wisconsin. This guy, he's not he's not going to blow you away with with his coverage skills. Not going to blow you away with his sack with his sacks. This guy is just solid all around. He is a solid built player. The dude's ripped, by the way. If you, I don't know if you guys have seen this dude, he's absolutely jacked. He's a solid tackler. And we talked about it during the draft. We talked about where where the needs really fell for the Kansas City Chiefs. Linebacker really wasn't one of their biggest needs, but they addressed it. They, they addressed depth. And when, when, with teams like this, 
they have the ability to keep building play. They don't have, they don't have like those deadly needs, those desi- those dire needs. Although losing Tyree Kill eh, kind of creates some dire needs here. But <laughs> they go out and get Leo Schnall in the middle rounds, who's going to be a great depth linebacker for this team. We we mentioned a few players for this draft being the guys that are just going to have like solid 10, 15 year careers. Leo Chanel is going to be in this league for a while. He may not be like the top linebacker of, 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 of the NFL, but he is going to be a solid linebacker who's going to be for playing for the Kansas City Chiefs is going to just it's solid. It's solid right there. It's solid. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. I like what the Kansas City Chiefs did, though. Two uh two other late late moves that I really liked from them uh the the drafting of Darian Kennard in the fifth round to me that's a steal we talked about this guy being really really good uh you know I think we had a third round grade on him and we thought a lot of people liked him better the the situation was you know he's listed as a tackle uh and we've seen what the Chiefs addressed immediately last season they went and got depth on that line. Well, they went and got a guy in Darian Kennard who had a pass rush grade of 89, if you want to talk about PFF and whatnot. Um, and hey, now they can move him into guard. In the fifth round, this is a guy who can legitimately compete for the starting line. If he doesn't make it, you think the Chiefs are mad about that? That means they are good. They are set for a few seasons on that line. Uh, I love that pick. And then they signed Justin Ross um, in the undrafted free agency. Stand out at Clemson for his, for his, for his freshman year. If and if things go the right way, because they do need some wide receivers, and he gets back from injury and can show that he can be healthy and play the game of football, he is a stud of a wide receiver, um, yeah. almost like a Demarcus Robinson type uh, that would be in that in that offense. So I'm not saying exactly the way they play, but I'd imagine he have the same role as a Demarcus Robinson yeah. did to start until he can show more. So those are two deep moves I like from what the Chiefs did. We've talked about this before with like certain players in this draft, and we've mentioned it with like a John Mechie, like guys that who got hurt that if they didn't get hurt, they'd be high. They'd be first round type of guys. Justin Ross could have been a first, first round, second round type of guy. Yeah. If he didn't, ha- if he didn't have all these injury concerns and it's, it's fair concerns. It's what, right. what, it's what made him go undrafted, but the chiefs, you're right. Might've found a diamond in the rough here with a Justin Ross. I, you guys know I'm fairly high on him as well. He's a good player. He's got the potential and every wide receiver that's going to come through Kansas city automatically gets a bump up because you have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball. That's it's plain and simple. I'll be shocked right? if Sky Moore ain't. Oof. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Is, is this a, like people are going to be, I know I, I can see it now. And this is not me saying this. This is me trying to get into the head <laughs> of the chiefs. We know what happened on our draft coverage on Friday. Um, I can see it now in the comments pouring in. Sky Moore is going to be the next Tyreek Hill. He's like the exact fit. What do you have to say to those people? Yeah. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, listen. And there is no speed of Tyreek Hill. He is one in a one in a million. You know, the other guy I know is Usain Bolt. And even he ain't trying to race the cheetah. No, no offense to the great Usain Bolt. But like I'm telling you, when you watch this guy. No, he's not going to blow by everybody when they've got the angle ahead of him, but he will dust some people. And if you watch, if you go and see his highlights, there's two or three plays where you watch him take his first step off the line in press coverage, and they are beat from the moment the ball is snapped. And it's stuff like that that will allow them to use him in the same way. He can do the jet sweeps. He can come from underneath and take the short pat, the short screens and burst out of the out of the backfield and take off for 20, 30 yards at a clip. I'm not, I'm not honestly saying he's Tyreek Hill, but watching him and the way I expect the Kansas City Chiefs to use him, it will feel like you did not lose Tyreek Hill. And it's going to take a while. Let's not forget, Tyreek Hill didn't burst onto the scene. It took him a couple years, too. So let's, let's yeah. not say today he's Tyreek Hill, but the way they plan, I expect him to use him, it's going to look very familiar. I can hear Aaron seething his teeth right now. <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about? No, stop. Stop. Love that guy. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, it's it's interesting to me to think about, like, talk about the running back position dying down and like that yeah. being a, a just a very replaceable position. If these wide receivers who come into these new homes for Tennessee or Kansas City, Green Bay, those if they come in and those teams don't look like they've lost a step without those players, 
the wide receiver position is just going to become just like the running back position where it's just going to be a dispensable uh, player. You're just going to be able to just replace them and move on. And, and with Sky Moore, the Chiefs have a very good shot of being able to replace half, <laughs> if not more, of what Tyreek Hill left uh, in Kansas City. Next team on our list, it is the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders, yeah, the team that hosted the NFL draft. <laughs> they didn't have a lot of picks. Gonna be honest, they didn't have a lot of picks. They uh they 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 spent all their picks really on uh on the the, the acquisition of Devontae Adams. But Smart this job. is their big three. And a player I want to point out here before we get into our GPAs is the drafting and the selection of Zamir White, the running back out of Georgia. Right before the draft, the Las Vegas Raiders came out and declined not one, not two, but three, all three of their first round picks from uh, the, the draft with Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram, and uh, what was that guy? The Farrell from uh, the, the their high pick that was that ended up being a bust. Um, they ended uh, up Cleveland. declining those. Op- the, yeah, Cleveland Farrell. They ended up declining all those fifth year options, though. Josh Jacobs was one of those fifth year options. Zamir White, I'm not saying is going to be in there to replace Josh Jacobs, but I wanted to get your thoughts on Zamir White before we get into our our GPAs and whether or not you think he could come in and be the future running back for the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, so it kind of goes into what you were just saying, how the running back position is being viewed as as, as disposable. Uh, I, I, I think I think with Josh Jacobs, though, it might be something where they decline this option. They move forward see how he's been banged up his entire career. He's fought through it a lot. And while you are appreciative of that, if he's not going to be that 100% guy, are you ready to give him the contract that he probably would deserve? I don't know if that's the case. Samir White is a talent, is a talented running back as talented as they come. And we know what George has been pumping out of the running backs since back with Todd Gurley. Um, and he, he fits that bill. He's quick. He's fast. He can cut. Uh, he's versatile. And if he can come in and show that, because as good as Kenyon Drake is, we've seen the last three teams he was on use him in a very limited role. So I don't think that that's something that they're looking at. If Josh Jacobs isn't the guy, it's going to be a Kenyon Drake. So Zamir White has a chance to come in here day one and at least be used as a big rotation piece. We also talked about running backs by committee and how a lot of teams are doing that now as well. So they don't just bust up their running backs and are in the same situation for the next draft. Yeah. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. I, the, I mean, I think – what, what the Raiders have with Josh Jay, I mean, it, it is that. It is just that. The running back position is yeah. replaceable. You might not be able to find the exact same success, but you get a Zamir White in here, and he could do – I'm not saying he's going to do the exact same numbers as Josh Jacobs, but you're going to be able to get a serviceable running back out of Zamir White, in my opinion. Our GPAs, though, I think there's a discrepancy. Got him at 2.2. Oof. You got him at 2.4. And why I said that there's a discrepancy here is we just had the rate, the chiefs as in the threes, high threes, mid mid to high threes here, dropping the Raiders down to 2.4 and 2.2. Is this really just because their draft wasn't, they didn't have enough picks in the high rounds or was it because they didn't hit on these picks? That's a part of it. Um, You know, I think at first you do question the running back situation because, you know, the reports came out that they really liked Kenyon Drake. That's why they made the move for him last season. And we know what Josh Jacobs brings to the table. And then Neil Farrell, you know, in the fourth round, it's a good spot for him. But I don't know if the production is going to be there at the level we would expect from a guy who had LSU, who went to LSU. And again, and I, I can't help but say this, and I know it's a bad excuse, but I talk about with almost every LSU player in this draft. What went on in LSU last season was not indicative of that program. I mean, it sucks to say for Ed O because, you know, he got them with that national championship and the wonderful squad that they had, but it was a complete down drop. Just to go from that height of a team to what they had to do for the last two seasons at that point, everyone was just bought out. And I think that has some of the question marks on if these players are going to come into the league and be able to get back to where they were when they were winning championships and the year after thinking they were going to be able to do the same thing. Um, and then, you know, the other part is we didn't talk about the back end of these grades. You know, these these GPAs also count with the round five picks and the round seven picks. And some of those guys grabbing another running back and Britton Brown and uh, the tackle Thayer Munford. I mean, they're round seven guys that you don't really expect to make the roster. And those are just 
rounds that are going to drop anyone's grade because honestly, the Chiefs' grade could have been higher without those bottom picks too. So, in yeah. my humble yeah. opinion, <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree, and then that that to me, I feel like is what really is the difference with with the, like the Raider the Raiders GPA and the Chiefs GPA and I'm sure Raiders fans are watching this I don't give a shit about what GPA you gave us <laughs> we got Devontae Adams we got Derek right? Carr I don't give a <laughs> shit what you say our GPA is the draft don't matter in the in the words from the words of the the Rams f them picks but yeah. I will bring up one player here and I'm surprised you didn't bring this guy up are weren't you a Dylan Parham guy before the draft Hey, I, I liked him. I liked him. I wanted to leave okay. you something. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So I was I was very happy about this Dylan Parham pick. I think this is a great pick for the Las Vegas, Vegas Raiders. Obviously a need for them. And when we were doing our draft rankings and our draft, uh, our mock drafts, and Aaron did his, his, his seven-round mock, he had Dylan Parham going in the back end of the second round. Where the Raiders got him at pick 90, that is a good spot for Dylan Parham, a four-year starter. He could play either guard or tackle. He, you know, th this th every lineman in this draft could play both. A lot of experience at the guard, though. I think he's going to be a solid guard for, for the Las Vegas Raiders. His hand, he's got good hands. It's just his size. You know, his size. That's the biggest thing. His yeah. size. His, he plays. He feels like a small guard. Like, when you watch him, it's like, ah, he's too tight. He's too tight. He's too small. Yeah. Maybe You're hoping that his athleticism can can overshadow some of his size issues. Uh, but also, if you, you're talking about giving the big boy a license to eat when it gets in the league, and I don't think <laughs> that's going to be a problem. Uh, honestly, I think if you want, I guess the best way to feel about the Raiders draft for mine, for the grade, it feels like this was the only pick they really cared about. They was like, yeah. we needed a guard. We needed a lineman. Even though we, we've had a good line for the better part of the last couple of years, we need another lineman. We need some talent in that position. And then we'll go and add some pieces that we think can help us in the future. So that that yep. kind of might that might kind of be where I'm at on the Raiders as a grading scale, so to speak, for lack of better words and off the dome speaking. <laughs> you know, words are hard. Words are hard. They are. They are. In world-defining moments, perspective is everything. The Economist is all about journalism that's rigorously researched, independent original, and insightful. We interpret developments to reveal the bigger picture, to sharpen your understanding of everything from climate change to voters' rights, the war in Ukraine to the midterm elections. Head to economist.com slash understanding and subscribe to bring the world into focus. Besides, rare finds, secret shows. Whether it's a must-see concert or a must-have coin, curious types crave interesting experiences. Bittrex is a cryptocurrency exchange empowering traders to feed their curiosity. With hundreds of trading pairs, Bittrex offers a platform for next big thing discoverers to create the crypto experiences they've been looking for. Trade beyond the trend at bittrex.com. It's your move. So the Raiders, the Raiders get a 2.4 and a 2.2 we move on now to the Los Angeles Chargers, who I thought this was really funny. They tweeted out, you know, all the teams tweet out like what their selections are. Obviously, they let everyone know they do like a fancy graphic. The Los Angeles Chargers did a fancy graphic for drafting Khalil Mack with their second round pick because they obviously sent their second round pick to the Chicago Bears to acquire Khalil Mack. So they literally, they, they got, they grabbed a, an old image from Khalil Mack when he played for Kentucky. And they were like, with our second round pick, we select Khalil Mack. And I was like, that is absolutely genius. Although you can't it's do fun. that. That's not how it works. Right. Right. It, was, that, it was absolutely genius. Yeah. These are the big three though, for the Los Angeles chargers headlined by Zion Johnson, AJ. The, Zion Johnson was arguably the best pick in the first round. We talked about it on Friday's show that this was one of the best picks right here. Why is Zion Johnson so perfect for the Los Angeles Chargers? Yeah, we talked about him possibly going to like the Bucks or maybe even the uh, Cowboys in the in the late 20s. And, uh, you know, the Chargers were listening. They went and grabbed him at 17. They needed help on that offensive line. Not that it was horrible, but it, it definitely has got to help Justin Herbert do some of the things he does best, buying him time to sling that ball around. Zion Johnson's just a man amongst boys. 
great hands, great leverage, understands the blocking schemes that he has to do. Wonderful in the pass off. I'm saying if he gets a, if he gets his hands on you and it's enough to stop it, he'll make sure his guy next to him is just as healthy as the other. He he understands how this line works as a unit. Uh, putting him in at guard, another guy who can play tackle if necessary. I don't think they're going to need him to do much of that. Uh, this was a pick that they needed, and in my opinion, it was a slam dunk. Uh, I had them slated to get Trevor Penning at 17. I thought he'd be a good fit on the other side of that tackle. But, I mean, taking a guard, you can lock down one side of the line. And now Austin Eckler has some boys to run behind. Uh, Justin Herbert has some rollouts to get behind where he can throw to those tight ends the way he likes to do. Great, great pick. Yep. Zion Johnson, smart, smart player out of Boston College. They're going to enjoy him a lot there. Back-to-back season, they get a really good offensive lineman in the team picks. You know, you mentioned he's going to be able to Austin Eckler has, has him to run behind. Well, you know who else he, who Austin who is going to be able to run behind Zion Johnson? Their what was it? Fourth round pick? Yeah, their fourth round pick, Isaiah Spiller. This is a guy that I I had I was very high on throughout this draft process. I thought he was up there with a Brees Hall, up there with a Kenneth Walker. Mm. I didn't have him on that level, but mm. I easily thought he was the third best running back in the draft. He went later than mm. the third best running back in the draft. And he's a perfect fit for the Los Angeles Chargers team that you do have Josh Kelly, but that's it. You have Josh Kelly and you have Austin Eckler. And we we know Austin Eckler has his injury concerns. And I'm not saying I'm not blaming or saying that Austin Eckler is bound to get hurt. But Isaiah Spiller is the type of running back that you could now give Isaiah Spiller the touches to be able to re- alleviate an Austin Eckler. And the biggest thing is, is I don't know if Josh Kelly will be as a, or I don't, I think Isaiah Spiller is going to be more efficient than Josh Kelly. So like in those situations, when you, ha- when you have to take Austin Eckler off the field, you're going to be able to rely on Isaiah Spiller to be able to carry the ball and be effective with the ball to produce. Whereas Josh Kelly, you just gave him the ball. You're like, okay. And I, I don't want to say Josh Kelly was a bad running back. He had, he had a, right. a fine season, but he's a, but jo- but Isaiah Spiller is able to carry the rock relieve some pressure off of Austin Eckler and not to forget here. He's a great pass catcher. So you go from Austin Eckler, take him out. You're not losing it. Obviously Austin yeah. Eckler's a better running back, a better player, but you're not losing the type of player. You're being able to replace that type of player with an Isaiah Spiller. I love, I love that, that, that pick for uh, the Los Angeles chargers. AJ, what is your GPA for the judges? The charges. My GPA was a 3.14. I really liked what these guys did all the way through, all the way down to the sixth round pick. I mean, JT Woods, you can say what you want, but they needed help in the safety. And this guy is a smart player on a good Baylor defense. But go all the way down to Jamari Slayer, another guard who was a big body, quick, fast, and heavy. Um, I like what they did. They they addressed needs all the way through their draft. And uh, again, these the smaller grades come from those back ends. Uh, 3.14 stands about right with me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you gave yeah, Zion yeah. Johnson an A plus, gave mm-hmm. JT Woods an A, mm-hmm. Isaiah Spiller an A. Mm-hmm. Really, it's just it's the I think the lowest grade. And we'll at the end of all of this, we will go over our overall G's with the the Sac City overall the GPAs. I find it interesting. I tried to get it, I tried to get Aaron's uh, information on Otito Ogban Ogbanya. Ogbanya, he gave him a D for that draft. So I'm interested to see what he says maybe on a Wednesday. Interesting. Because uh, yeah, he was all yeah. about him. Yeah. That was one of his you first guys players. <laughs> I think I think he was saying it's more because the 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 players that were around that area that yeah. they thinks that they could have gotten. Um but my GPA is right there. It's a two point it's a, a two point five seven. I was a little bit lower on yeah. some of their picks. Um Really, it, it's the back end picks. I love that Isaiah Spiller pick. I honestly, looking at it now, I gave that Isaiah Spiller pick a B plus. Yeah, I might go into the A's on that one. That that'll bump yeah, up the GPA. I was but like, you, you was lower on him than me. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I like that pick a lot. And as I as I kind of talk myself into it, I'm like, okay, Isaiah Spiller could have easily gotten an A uh, for the Chargers pick there because again, too, there were running backs that went before that. I'm, I'm, let me just double check this, but I'm oh, yeah. pretty sure there are running backs that went before Isaiah Spiller, other than a Brees Hall, other than a Kenneth Walker. And I'm like, wait a second, over Isaiah Spiller? Are we really doing this? Like, is this is this really I happening mean, right now? Let me see what running I backs mean, went before this. Let me see. Yeah, I James it. Cook. I, I like James Cook a lot. I do. You guys know my love for James Cook, but I, I had Isaiah Spiller ahead of him. 
And let's see who else went ahead of him. Let's see here. I guess no one, no other running back. So it was just, oh, no. no. Oh, Rashad White. Rashad White, wow. the running back out of Arizona State, went to Tampa. And then Tyra. Yeah, there were there were a bunch of running backs that went ahead of him. Multiple. Even Tampa Brian Robinson, game. the running back from Alabama, went ahead of mm-hmm. him. That's not, I, yeah. that's a steal for the Los Angeles Chargers to be able to get to get Isaiah Spiller right there in the fourth round. Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, they, uh, they forgot to, uh, you know, some people slept on my guy and let the wrong team get him. And I'm very sad about it because now he's not going to look great going to that squad. But Pierre who, Strong who? Jr. going to the oh, gross. Patriots. Ridiculous. Gross. He went before, you know, he, did, he didn't go before. No, he didn't he go did. before Isaiah Spiller. Yeah, no. Should what have. a terrible draft <laughs> for the. What a t- oh, no, yeah, he did. He, yeah, he did, did right? go. He. Let's see here. Isaiah Spiller. Isaiah Spiller went in the fourth round. Let's see. Here. No, I, uh, Pierre Strong went after him four picks later oh. to the Patriots. Ah, that's it. Right after that's Isaiah it. Wow. Spiller. Zamir White, Damian Pierce were both fourth round running back mates. Uh, went before Isaiah Spiller. Uh, Tyrion Davis Price from LSU but, went to the 49ers yeah, before LSU loves yeah. those hyphenated running backs, you know? Clyde Edwards Lair. Yeah, hyphenated running backs. Wildness. Yeah, I would say I would say one, two, three. I would say five running backs were should have went before Isaiah Spiller, yeah. where eight did instead. So, in my uh, so you had Isaiah Spiller that low Brees that Hall. low on your rankings? Yeah, Brees Hall. It's uh, yep. I mean, you can say it that way. It's just that I had other guys that high. <laughs> uh, uh, Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker. Yep. Uh, yep. I like James Cook ahead of him. Okay. Um, I would have liked uh, Pierre Strong ahead of him, but it didn't happen that way. He went just below it, and I think Damian Pierce should have gone ahead of him as well. Ooh. Damian Pierce, Damian Pierce was averaging like five point four yards a carry. He he did a lot with a little bit. He runs with a mean streak, low to the ground, can get through tackles. He's got to be a solid running back that not enough people were talking about, ourselves included, before the draft process. Mm. 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 Where did he go? Uh, he went. He went to Texans. Oh, oh, hey, man, he has a shot yeah. to be number one. He yeah. has a shot to be the RB1 there. He has a shot. All right. Last team on the list here is the Denver Broncos. And, you know, this is another team that uh, kind of you could say they trade all they trade a lot of their picks for Russell Wilson. But I believe Denver had didn't Denver trade it back into the second round. Yeah. So I don't know if they traded back into the second round or what it was with the Russell Wilson trade, what all went into that. But they went back into they were in the second round and they selected your boy, Nick Benito, the linebacker out of Oklahoma, followed up by a tight end that I've heard as I've seen people have him as the number one tight end in this draft. And then Damari, Damari Mathis, the cornerback, really, it's headlined by those two guys right there, Nick Benito and Greg Dolchich. I really like Greg Dolchich a lot. Yeah, I've seen a lot of his tape. Uh, people, he, like I said, he was ranked as the number one tight end by a lot of people over a Trey McBride. His production at, at UCLA obviously wasn't like what people were loving, but he brings what Denver could like. And we've said this on many of many of shows. Albert O, I don't think Albert O is going to be the guy. And Dolce at 6'4", 243 is going to fit perfectly, I feel like, in that Nathaniel Hackett offense. Blocking? Not really his thing. <laughs> Receiving is his thing, and that'll fit perfectly, uh, in my opinion, in that in that Broncos offense. What was your GPA for the Denver Broncos? My GPA for the Denver Broncos was a two point five, and uh, honestly, with what they had, they should be happy. <laughs> uh, it, it's just like any other team that has given away a lot of draft capital to do something big in free agency. You have to hit where you can. And um, I think their first two picks were really good. Uh, I'm, I don't know much about Damari Mathis yet, um, but uh, DeLarin Turner-Yale from Oklahoma, the uh, safety, I think that was a better pick than the two ahead of that. But you talk about Nick Benito and, and then uh, Ioma, who was a rookie. Uh, they got themselves some depth on that edge, and that's something that they're definitely going to need. So, uh, you know, for what they like the Raiders, they had a little draft capital. They were able to get a lot done in the back of that draft with what they had. But up top, they got their needs. They addressed them quickly. And then they went ahead and got best players available or best player available that could surround some depth on some needs. You uh, 
You really hated their lower half of the draft. You really hated their lower half of the draft. It doesn't excite me. And then, like, Montreal, Washington from Stanford. So I get it. So, for instance, for me, like, we talk about the receivers, right? You know, they're going to get a Cortland Sutton back who's healthy. Uh, They're going to get a KJ Hamler back, hopefully healthy with the torn ACL. Hopefully that speed is still what it is. We're still waiting on Jerry Judy. He's got great route running and, but, you know, had a problem dropping the ball. We understand that sometimes that's part of the game. So you, you would think if they really had the idea to go to get a receiver in the fifth round, I feel like I think David Bell was still there at that point in time. That would have been a great receiver for them to go and get. Um, why not maybe go grab yourself another tight end? Uh, Jelani Woods was, you know, he went earlier in the, in the, in the, in the draft. Go grab another one. You know, Albert O's great for blocking and he's great for being around the red zone and being that big tight end. But through the, through the twenties, I'm not seeing much of Albert Owen in my future. If you know what I'm saying. And then of course, Russell Wilson, yeah. it's not what he needs anyway. So Russell Wilson is one of those deep ball guys. So I, now with that being said, me and Sam Washington know this much about each other. I know his name because it was talked about. He's never heard of me. So <laughs> that's about <laughs> it. You know. Um, but with that being said, just looking at what they were doing down in the back half after the fifth round, and it just seemed like they were up to the podium. Let's pick a guy that maybe some depth may pan out and we're not losing much sleep over it if they don't. Yeah. So I didn't lose much sleep over it, giving them these grades. <laughs> well, that's why I think, I think too, when you're looking at some of these grades and especially for us, because we did a lot of, we did a lot of, of coverage on this, on this pre-draft process. We were high on a lot of guys and yeah. a lot of those guys kind of fell in this draft. And that kind of caught us all off guard a little bit. I mean, we talk about Justin Ross, we talked about him in late at length on our show at, at one point because we were high on him or at least I was high on him. And you look at like the receivers and when you're judging these, these teams and the way that they drafted, it's like, okay, you draft him when who else is on the board, even though these guys went undrafted, I still am higher, like on a Justin Ross than a Montreal Washington. Like yeah. I'm sure maybe Montreal Washington, maybe Denver really liked him. But like I said, there's other guys on the board here. I would have much rather Justin Ross over Montreal Washington. Yeah. Plain and simple. And then the yeah. cornerbacks, you look at, you look at the cornerbacks you guys know how, how high on Mario Goodrich I was. I just don't like, I don't think that like, it's like you're, maybe you like these guys. Maybe you've scouted them enough. Maybe a great fit, whatever. I think the, the player's potential and the player's skill outweighs these picks and makes me think, cause I mean, I gave, I gave, I gave most of their, I gave all their cornerback picks other than the, I gave their other cornerback pick a D because yeah. I'm like, Yo, Mario Goodrich is still on the board there. How are you passing on him for <laughs> Fayon Hicks, the cornerback out of Wisconsin? I don't get it. I don't get it, man. Mario Goodrich is going to make somebody very happy, Vinny. Don't worry. I sure damn maybe, hope so, man. Maybe he'll find his way to the Jags. Huh? Silence. Got He's it. on the Eagles. He's on the Eagles. He's on yeah, the Eagles. Well, yeah, they probably He's never leaving. He's never leaving the Eagles because the Eagles would never get rid of him. He's gonna be a, he's gonna be a 15 year mm. veteran. He's gonna be a 15 year veteran. That's what's gonna yeah. happen. All right. So I uh, I agree with this with uh what Joey B says about uh the Broncos drafting a late round QB and have him taught by Russell Wilson. I think that would have been a good idea for him. Maybe they just think it's too soon, um, you know, to get rid of Drew Locke. You bring in Russ and then to draft the QB the same season. Now, with him being a veteran, he would understand why it is. He knows he has nothing to worry about, but Maybe they just think it's a year too soon, but here's the thing. Does that mean you were definitely doing it next season? Because next season should be loaded with QBs, or why not go in the un- undrafted free agency and grab one of those QBs that was there? Um, because after next season, I don't really know what there is to to brag about when it comes to quarterback playing. You know, for the Broncos, their worst thing could be, even if they get a Super Bowl out of it, to go back into seven to eight years of what happened after Peyton Manning. So um, I agree. Yeah. It, it could have looked at a QB. Uh, later in the draft, some of these guys that went like I mean, the they Skyler all, Thompson and yeah, David Ellaby, they all fell. There. Yeah, they they all fell. I mean, look at the quarterbacks that I mean, Carson Strong went undrafted. Could have went for Carson Strong in the seventh round and developed him behind Russell nah, Wilson for three Dan years. Hicks was there. <laughs> hey, come on, man. And that's the that's the thing. You look at these picks though, and you're like, you went that route. It's deep, but again, deep. Maybe, for, maybe for them, it's just as deep as it was for us. They're like, I like that name, Fayon. We never had a guy named Fayon in Denver. Let's go ahead and get Fayon. 
put him on his roster. <laughs> not not enough Hicks in Denver. That's what they wanted. <laughs> That's what it was. Well That's done. what it was. Well All right, let's take a look at our overall GPAs here. Now, this is not just my GPA. It's not just your GPA, but Aaron did make and grade all these draft selections here. We've combined our GPAs here, and it looks like this. Obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs rank among the highest teams at a 2.95, followed up by the Chargers, then the Broncos, and the worst of the worst was the Raiders, but we obviously know that the Raiders, you know, F them picks, right? That's that's where we're at with yeah, the Raiders, right. right? They have an excuse? Uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> we, I don't know what they do yet, man. Because you know, I look at this two, this two point two zero, and they're sitting at the last in the uh, west of the draft grades. And I'm like, yeah, that seems about right. It feels like how it's going to look on the field as well. Like to go and get Devonte Adams, and to me, still feel like he might be the worst in the division. Still, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna yeah. be tough. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna be the, them and the Broncos fighting for it. I need to see what the Broncos are gonna be able to do on defense. Because yeah, as you know, that was one of the reasons I gave them such high marks last season. Uh, and, you know, it only panned out so often. But yeah. I, I don't know. It feels like they may take a step back in that area, even though they, you know, they got some rush help and they were able to keep a couple of their uh, secondary pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this is, a, this is a division where you can't, like, you can't afford to make mistakes. Even if it, even obviously draft, you don't know if it's a mistake or not, but like, I look back and I, I'm just looking over like the rest of the, the who was drafted before. And I forgot to note this, but Tariq Woolen, the cornerback yeah. out of UTSA, Aaron was super high on him, super yeah. high, highly ranked, highly ranked player. And then Denver instead drafts Damari Mathis. So it's like, is that really the way he you want to go? Great quarter for them. He would have been yeah. great on the other side of Patrick Sertan, long, lanky, hard hitter. Uh, great ball skills and knows how to put his hand in there without getting the penalty called. Of course, he's not a polished product, but him and yeah. Patrick Sertan and, uh, you know, Justin Simmons in that back end, that would have been a sick, sick secondary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these guys, they have their grades on these players one way or another. And, you know, yeah. we, we, you know, they do, they do their due diligence and they send the guys out there to stay looking at these prospects over and over again. So we're not going to say we know more than their scouts, but based on what we have seen and what we kind of acknowledge to be what these players or these these defenses like, it just it was just a little mind boggling. And I'm sure yeah. a lot of people had picks that way through, and and it gets it does get harder and harder through the deep end of the draft. But maybe they'll show us wrong. Maybe they'll prove us wrong. Yeah. Maybe the these picks that we will be rookie defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> all these all these <laughs> picks we talk shit about, they just end up playing playing well and rookie of the year candidates 10 year vets you know yeah that's that's what's gonna end up happening you know uh what was the best pick you think out of all these nfc west teams or afc west teams what was the best pick this is not nick benito um no i think it's easy i think it's zion johnson i'll i'll I'll, it's it's a layup it's a layup to be zion johnson that's because i mean we talk about all on this show protect your investment Justin Herbert is a very expensive is going to be a very expensive investment eventually. And you are going to want to get him the best. And Zion Johnson, we, we projected him to be going to like a team like new England because of his, like because of his football IQ, because of his ability, because of how smart he plays, how, how almost polished he plays, how crisp he plays. You get that in Los Angeles now to be able to protect your, your, your franchise quarterback and Justin Herbert. I think that is easily the best pick. Uh, from the AFC West. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I tried to do it differently, but uh, I, I ba- Bailey's right. The sky, I, I'm loving this Sky Moore pick for the Chiefs, man. Like, uh, I had him what I think nine uh, on my top ten or something like that. Or oh, I think I had him just outside because somebody else wanted to put it ten. But Sky Moore, man, I'm just saying, like, look at that off the ball, off the slant, and no one's gonna catch him. He's so quick. He's so fast. And the way Andy Reid knows how to use his talents, he knows how to use the weapons that he puts on in this roster. And I, I just think he's going to fit in very well with Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and uh, some of these other receivers. Going to put, uh, what's his name, Miko Hartman on notice. Miko Hartman better hey. step up. He might, he might still be sitting in that third, fourth receiver spot if you don't pay attention. I, so, was, yeah. I was thinking about that. I'm like, man, you know, like they lost Byron. They lost Byron yep. Pringle. They had Miko Hartman there, mm-hmm. 
And I mean, you look at that. They have uh, they got Juju, and then they brought in Marquez Valdez Scaling. I could easily see, like, I, I it would not shock me if Sky Moore and like a Justin Ross in five years are their one and their one oh, A yeah. and then three two B or whatever whatever it may be. <laughs> I could definitely see these guys taking over. I like yeah. Juju in Kansas City though, so I think he's going to be a good wide receiver one. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Sky Moore, well, man. See, and see, that's another thing. And I didn't even bring it up, but that's a great point. Like, there's not a rush. If, if Kansas City Chiefs want to talk about this guy being a Tyreek Hill, the development time is going to work for you because now you have a somewhat, mostly enough proven receiver in yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster. You have a down-the-field threat with speed and who can catch a deep ball with Marquez Valdez-Scanling. You got a guy who knows the system in Miko Hardman. And let's not forget this pass offense still runs through Travis Kelsey. So Sky Moore is going to be able to come in and work his position and work his rotational role until he's proven that he can be an every down player, whether that's this season or next season. So it's just a good landing spot for everyone involved when it comes to Sky Moore and the Kansas City Chiefs. Bingo. Bingo. Underrated signing, in my opinion. I'm going to go with that Greg Dolchitz uh, draft. Yeah. I shouldn't say signing. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with that Greg, that Greg Dolchitz um, draft pick. That that really is, I think, really good the more one. I watch – the more I watch on him, the more I think about him, I'm like, man, that's a good, gr- a great pick. And Isaiah, I'm gonna have to agree. Yeah. I'm gonna have to agree with you. I like, I like what, uh, I like what Dolchich is gonna bring to the table. I mean, I remember being excited when Russell Wilson got Jimmy Graham, and yeah. it just did not pan out. Yeah, I, no. I mean, like, and from that moment, I'm just like, damn, is he ever gonna get a tight end that he can like fall in love with, like, and make himself a good a good player for Russell Wilson and over the middle yeah. security blanket. Greg Dolchis has that chance. He uh, does. Oh man. I, I, I would have loved for him to have Noah fan too, but getting Greg Dolchis, the athleticism's off the charts and he doesn't even have to be that blocking guy. He can get out there and run that scene better than most tight ends in the league now. So yeah. uh, I, I agree with you. That's probably the most underrated signing in the AFC West for me, yep. maybe a little Dylan Parham, but it's not even underrated because everybody really knows about that. Hey, your boy, Dylan Parham. A big Parham yes, guy, you know, Donald Parham, yes, Chicken Parham, Majan. Shout out Mike Marshall here. Shout out Mike Marshall. We love new, we love new viewers here. Uh, yeah. They did get Justin Ross, and I think Justin Ross yeah. is going to be very good. I think he's going to be very yeah, good. We were just talking about Justin Ross. Great. Un- that's an underrated yep. move from the undrafted side of things. That's the undrafted, yeah. Guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but that does it, though, for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. We're going to start wrapping things up and remind everybody to be subscribed to our YouTube page. Tomorrow we are dropping the AFC North recap videos, small, short clip videos for you guys to be able to watch, enjoy, share, let the people know sure. all that good stuff. We're going to be breaking sure. out, breaking down everything in the AFC North. And also, if you watch those videos, be sure to comment as well because – the AFC North, it get, those videos, they tend to stir the pot. They tend to stir up a little bit uh, with the YouTube critics. So please be in there to drop your, your thoughts, your comments, your concerns, whatever it may be in the chat uh, for those videos. AJ, tell the beautiful people at home, load up those golden pipes. Let them know. Let them know. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, cats, dogs, go ahead and head on over to Sac City Pod. Uh, on all your favorite social medias, even the not favorite social medias, even the ones you don't have accounts yet. You don't have an account for Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or for some reason YouTube. Go make one. (laughs) Make one right now. And the first person you follow and subscribe is at Sac City Pod. And whether you love it, whether you don't love it, Sac City Pod, that should be the only reason you have some of these social medias is to love, follow, and share Sac City Pod. So go ahead, head on over to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Find Sac City Pod. Hit that like, hit that share. Come join the city. Come be a part of Area Code. And once you're there, go ahead and uh, get yourself some of this commemorative items known as the Sac City Job Special T-shirt. Welcome to Sac Vegas, baby. Sac City Pod, you can go get that if you go and get, what was it, Sac Draft? Sack draft, draft. Sack draft. So, so to make it easy for you guys, we we're giving you ten percent off. We're trying to help you guys save money on this special edition shirt. This is limited time. This shirt will not last long. Okay, it's it's selling like hotcakes, and we do not we did not make that many of them. So get it while you can. Head on over to the link that's on all of our social media pages. It's bonfire.com slash 
sack shop sack city it's very simple bonfire.com slash sack jesus bonfire.com slash shop sack city you find this shirt there uh help support the show use the promo code sack draft to save 10 percent off again this shirt is all over our social media pages pinned right at the top so you cannot miss it tomorrow we will be on youtube with our afc north draft recap until then for your boy aj johnson for myself me this is the sack city podcast and we will see you tomorrow peace out Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And 